Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome back or welcome to Gardening Naturally. Um, Going to be a wet day. It looks like many of us are getting some rain. And I'm looking at the weather map and... I got about an hour, and I may get super drenched. It's all red on the radar, and that usually means it's pretty heavy. I'll take it. I'll take it. I only got about two-tenths of an inch last week. I got four inches the week before that. So it's rather sporadic, but not getting flash flooding, and it's soaking in well. So hopefully we'll start seeing improvements. Let's go to the phone. This is Karen. Karen, what can I help you with? I wanted, Jeff, I wanted to let your listeners know about something going on in the garden, and it's not just today. It's today and tomorrow. <laughs> so it's What do we got? Orchid. It's the Heart of Texas Orchid Show in Sale called In Love with Orchids. And they're going to have orchids for sale. Find something perfect for your Valentine. And if you don't want to venture out in the rain today, they're there until four tomorrow. Hmm. Supposed to be a nice day tomorrow. And you know, um, I went to <clears throat> excuse me. I went to one of these shows. I came home with a vanilla bean orchid. Never was able to produce a bean, but always liked it. It was. Beautiful plant. Uh, hoped for the best and didn't really get it, though, unfortunately. Well, you know, I have to laugh. I called in last week. Last week, the show was being put on by Daily. This week, it's Orchids. And when mm. you said, Karen, you're calling and telling us it's today, well, actually, one of your listeners did come. And I think she might be joining the Daylily Society. So there's always Excellent. something going on. And, um, I got my first orchid from them, too, from the Orchid Society, and now it's fragrant. I walk into my living room in the evening, and it's just, there isn't any aroma like an orchid. It's just fabulous. Well, uh, how long is the show? Today and tomorrow, correct? Today and tomorrow. Today Mm -hmm. until 5. They just started a little bit ago at 10 o'clock, and then they'll start again tomorrow, 10 to 4. And so this is at Zilka Botanical Garden, and the show is free with admission. So you just pay to get into the wonderful Zilka Botanical Garden, and you have an amazing show. Well, that sounds excellent. Uh, A great thing to do today. So I'm looking at the map, and you guys are probably getting some rain right now, aren't you? Pretty cold. Yeah, pretty rainy. But once you get it, well, I guess orchids do like rain, right? But they're all protected. But you will get wet running in. Okay. Well, then Thanks, there Jeff. are worse. There are worse things to suffer. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it'll make tomorrow, you feel like you're in. The, you're, you'll you'll make you feel like you're in the jungle where orchids grow, right? Right. And you know, tomorrow's supposed to be a dry day, so. Having it both days, everybody's going to get an opportunity. The weather shouldn't be uh, something to stop you. Hope to see you there. Um, I'll have to see. Uh, I hope lots of folks show up. 
this is a great way to get some gorgeous flowers and not just pick them up. Lots of people there tell you how to take care of them. They have one thing. Almost everybody there can tell you about the number of orchids they have killed. So, so they've been through it, too, and can give you advice about what to do to save yours. <laughs> Remember, you can't be a good gardener if you can't kill a plant. <laughs> Is there a T-shirt for that? No, I debated making one, but uh, I don't think everybody would get it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for the call, Karen. Let's go to the phone. This is Brendan. Brendan, what can I help you with? Some uh, fruit trees. And I've got a, a large enough area uh, on the side of the house where I can start, if you want to call it an orchard, but it's more than just putting more than that. It's just putting fruit trees in the uh, ground and uh, letting them go and grow. What I'm interested in finding out, now these, uh, so far I've got pecan, apple, pear, uh, and peach trees. And I'm, uh, with this variety, I need basically to find out from you uh, the spacing of it. What should I do, or should I keep them together, or does it make much of a difference? And uh, I'll have more than enough room I'll even be able, uh, I was uh, thinking about having at least space far enough where I can get a, uh, like a garden tractor uh, between them to uh, mow basically the pasture, because this is going to be an open area. So whatever you have to say, I'm interested in your, uh, in, in your comments on this. Okay. All right, Brendan, here's the good news. If you have that much room... I was concerned how many trees you were trying to stuff into a small area. And that's not what you're talking about. If you have that much room, uh, on the tag for the plants, it should say, hey, they get this tall, they get this wide. You want it so that the trees don't touch each other. So if you have a, a peach and it says it gets 10 feet wide and you got a pear and it says it gets 15 feet wide well you want to plant them so that the trunks are roughly 15 feet apart because that way they won't touch each other even with your trimming and things like that you don't want the branches slapping against each other now could you plant them further apart yes you can i uh I have plums, and the problem, I am pears, and they're far enough apart that I can walk between them. Now, I have to use a push mower. I can't get a riding mower between the two of them, but I can use a push mower to keep them mowed, and that works okay for me. Um, if you have unlimited space, you want to keep them apart, whatever the biggest tree is width-wise. You want to keep each trunk that far apart so that you can get to them to do maintenance. You can make sure they get good sun. You don't want that pecan tree to be shading everybody out. So think about where you put it because as it grows and gets much bigger, 
it'll start producing shade, which will limit the production of the fruit trees. So maybe the pecan goes on the northernmost part of the property, so the other trees get as much sun as possible. Okay, thank you very much, Jeff. I appreciate that. You bet. Good luck, Brendan. You're going to have a nice orchard there. Uh, Brad, I'm sorry. And Susan, I'm coming up to a break. Can you hang on? I will catch you both on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Brett. Brett, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Good morning. So I called a few weeks back regarding what to do with the red oak leaves and live oak leaves in my yard, and, and he suggested just mulching them right where they are. So I've done, I did that yesterday, and I set my mulch, my mower to one and a half inches. And um, so where I am now is it's, all the leaves are very well mulched. So I've got a bunch of clumpy, fat, dead grass and stuff sitting on top of the grass. Am I going to have to eventually wreck that off, or will the rain water it in, and is it good or bad overall for the for the grass for this year? The mulch will be good for the soil. Wherever the grass is growing, if you mulch that, that soil's going to improve, that turf's going to improve. If you mulch okay. it, and we got rain coming. I mean, if you haven't got rain yet this morning, uh, I, I'm surprised. But the rain will help break it down and uh, work it into the soil for you. So you won't have okay. to break that up at all. But you will or may need to, as soon as it's not wet all over, come out and mow those clumps of grass that are sticking up. Bag them or just mulch, mulch over them again? You can mulch over them again. You can just mow the stuff that's uh, growing straight up. You know, they they always say they want you to leave it a lawn, meaning if you're mowing it, leave all the cuttings on the turf because they'll break down and feed. Grass is a cannibal. You cut a grass blade, the roots are going to be, I don't care, and you throw that blade down there to decompose, the roots will be happy to eat it up for you. So you can just mow over it for the most part, and uh, it'll wind up breaking down on its own. And especially since you mulched all of those leaves, you're going to get the right bacteria and funguses and things like that, whose only job is to break stuff down and decompose it and make you a better turf. Okay, this is good to hear. I've spent a lot of hours over the course of my life breaking thatch up each spring, so I, can, I guess I can stop that. Yeah, you know, you can if you're mowing properly. You gotta remember, because grass is a cannibal, if you're mowing properly, that blade of grass you cut off is gonna fall down and decompose before it can become thatch. So if you're cutting it and you're cutting it really tall, 
and you wind up with real long blades of cut grass, that'll start developing thatch because it's too big to break down quickly. Okay. Remember, when you cut your turf, you want to remove about one-third of it. Okay. Okay. And you want to mow you when you... Yeah, you want to mow when it needs to be mowed. I know we all are, hey, it's Saturday, i got to go mow the lawn. If you can mow the lawn when the grass um, reaches that max height, then don't wait till the weekend because sometimes that grass will grow a lot faster, you will keep the thatch down and you won't have anywhere near as much. Okay, thank you for that. And I'm sitting in the parking lot of Round Rock Garden, so can you remind me of the of the corn gluten you mentioned earlier in the show? Sure. Um, there's uh, Nature's Creation makes one. It's called Prevent. Um, there are other brands out there, but it's corn gluten, not corn meal, but corn gluten. And you can get it as a uh, easily distributed one. You know, just grab handfuls and spread it across the lawn. Okay. I got most of that. There's some lightning and thunder going on near here, so I'm messing part of that. But I got the gist of it. Thank you very much for the show. appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Don't get struck by lightning. It's not a pleasant experience. Let's see here. That was Brett Susan. Susan, what can I help you with? Good morning. I'm the one that showed up last week to the Daylily uh, meeting at Zilker Botanical Gardens, and I met Karen and uh-huh. and the chair, and, and it was amazing. And I'm volunteering to help plant um, in the Botanical Gardens. They're redoing the Rose Garden, and they're going mm-hmm. to do irises and daylilies. And that's the theme I have going at my house. I think you remember, Josh, um, Jeff, I'm sorry, that I planted the 16 pink roses. And then I've got all these irises. And now on the way home last week, I was so inspired, I picked up all these daylilies uh, bulbs. They're called Pink Romance. They're going to be beautiful. And then they also gave me four daylilies to plant, and I planted them yesterday. So (laughs) when I heard Karen call you and say one person came, it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Why? um, I have this. I see this theme here, Susan, really into the pink flowers, aren't you? Uh, You're right. Pink is my thing. I really love pink. And... I love pink roses, and so I had this whole thing of a, a English country cottage a couple of years ago, and this climate, yeah. it didn't succeed in this climate, but the pink roses didn't freeze, so they're the ones that are still very pro- prolific, and also my snapdragons didn't freeze, so I'm a gardener that whatever works, I do more of, because there's so many right. things I haven't been successful doing. But the roses really work here for me. So, yeah, I do pink roses. And now I'm doing the irises and the daylilies. I just can't wait to see. Uh, because I was so inspired by that meeting and I'm volunteering there, I just can't wait to see how these all kind of um, help help one another to just kind of shine. You know how that is? 
that combination. Yeah. I just can't wait to see what it looks like. <laughs> Susan, um, I am not telling you this is going to happen. This is an experience that I saw. I got a bunch of irises, and they were supposed to be pink. And the first year they were, but as they got older, they started fading to white or the yes. purple. So, That's funny you say that, Jeff, because I asked Suzanne, she's the chair of the uh, Daylily Committee, and I asked her, because we were talking about irises, and I said, I have these purple bearded irises. When I moved to Austin 30 years ago, I'd knock on doors and ask, could I have a bulb? Could I have a bulb of any unusual iris? And they used to be purple, and now they're white. And she said the white is a, kind of an invasive thing that takes place and once because I'm like I miss my purple irises and she said once they're white they take over because mine are white as well <laughs> and uh, I'm like I know they were purple I can't believe they're white so <laughs> yeah I'll enjoy them whatever yeah. they are <laughs> yeah at least that's true and they are not the color I expected but they're mm -hmm. still beautiful so I'm not going <laughs> to complain well thank you have a great day you too, Susan. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, that is something about irises. They do particularly well here. They really do. Um, my neighbor dug up irises and literally put them in a bucket, walked across the street, and dumped them out in the ditch. And within about three years, we had this mass of irises going up and down the drainage ditch. And I went and harvested some. But they can revert to color. I mean, you could get the most beautiful color you think, this lovely peach. And within a few years, they could revert to one of the more na natural colors of the purple or the white. It happens. Don't be disappointed. Matt, I see you there. Can you hang on? I need a break for the news at the bottom of the hour. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Matt. Matt, what can I help you with? Good morning. I have completed the first round of pruning about four peach trees. I have one tree that's about six or seven years old my largest tree and the tops of it i've got a lot of small shoots they almost like uh, runners or something uh you know less than a quarter of an inch shooting up all over the top of it should i take all of those off right down to the big trunks probably um you're gonna remove a bunch of the new growth each year anyway. Yes. About 40% of them, but all of those short little stubs, especially ones towards the inside of the tree, you know, it's supposed to be pruned like an upside down umbrella. Those right. to the inside, you can remove those. Yes. And the ones that stick to the outside, you could leave those. 
And then you want to start watching to see how many blooms you start showing up on it. Right. You may still prune it some more yet. But if you got that first round done, uh, the little ones you're talking about that are towards the inside of the tree, you could probably remove those without any problem and just cut them flush to the branch they're coming out of. I've got the inside pretty clean out and some if they're not exactly if they're going downward I've got those off but it's oh Matt man I'm sorry they you got dumped out sorry about that um there is lightning in the area and um it's possible you got bumped that way sorry about that uh oh Folks are saying that we've lost the station completely. It's like it changed uh, stations on us. Not sure what's going on, folks. I'm going to assume you can hear what I'm saying. Uh, If you can't, um, I'm going to keep talking. Sorry. don't know what else to say about it. Oh, the AM station has decided to quit for the moment. So you can't hear me. I'm going to, uh, I'm hoping that's going to come back. Uh, we're checking that. Yeah, folks are saying FM's working. Excellent. And everything's good on the app. Ah, that's great. 99.7, supposedly, the FM station is working fine. So I'm just going to keep going then. Excellent. Um, Got some uh, text questions that I want to answer. Oops. I did get a couple of text questions. Part of the problem that we have here in Texas, I got texted and wanted, and somebody wanted an answer to this. Well, what about, what about your Sago Palms? I bet a lot of you have brown leaves on them, right? Can you prune them out now? Yeah, you can. Good gloves, guys. They're very, very pointy. And when they're brown, they're very hard. They will stab you, and they'll enjoy doing it. This is an example of something where we are on the border. We are on the edge of the environment for the sagos. Now, we see sagos growing, and they're beautiful during the year. But it only takes one good hard freeze, and suddenly the plant is out. Lots of dead leaves on it, not doing well. you got to trim it. Sometimes... Only the leaves will be damaged, just a few of the leaves. Unfortunately, 
Sometimes you could freeze it and kill it. It's it's planted here, and a lot of people like it. They they really want to have it, and it's worth the trouble to them. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it is susceptible. So if you want to plant it, you can have a beautiful, beautiful plant. They're very attractive here. They like our environment, and they don't require a great deal of care. But freeze can kill them. One freeze can wipe them out completely. And even a moderate freeze can freeze so many of the leaves off. And you need to trim the dead off without getting all poked up like a pin cushion. You need to prune off all the dead leaves and you hope for the spring where you'll start to get new growth. There's no fast way to do this, and there's nothing you can do to the plant other than covering it to prevent the leaves from freezing. This happens with a lot of our agaves, um, our yuccas, uh, all kinds of our succulents, where normally we look at them and they're beautiful and they're doing fantastic in the middle of summer. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they're on the edge. That means we do get weather that will kill them and it'll be devastating. So you can invest in some of these plants, but you gotta understand you're kind of taking a risk. You're you're taking a bit of a risk to uh, invest in it and watch them freeze. It's disappointing. Now, of course, it'd be easy to just go, well, you know, I know this plant, it can handle 20 below zero and still grow well, and it can handle our heat. Those are great plants. Those are fantastic. Um, but they may not bloom or fruit or something like that. So basically, you make some choices. You can always have what's called a specimen plant, something that doesn't really grow here, and you can try to take care of it and make it produce. I'll give you an example. I talked earlier about growing pineapples. They're very successful with a little extra care to protect them and take care of them. But you can raise pineapples here just requires more work than it may be worth. And about the time you pick your first pineapple, you're gonna be able to go into the grocery store and buy a bigger one for less. That's how it goes. Um, folks, we need to take a break here. I know the folks on FM can hear me. Uh, hopefully we'll get back in business here when we come back. 
This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Listen, we were talking about sago palms. Need to remind you, if you aren't aware of this, sago palms are poisonous to your pets and to kids. So you may want to consider where you put them, or maybe you don't put any in at all. They can be dangerous in that sense. So, and they're definitely not pedestrian friendly. Yes, they are beautiful, but um, I would I, I would not risk my grandchild or my pets because that's that's just a step too much. Let's go to the phone. This is Randy. Randy, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing? Just fine. Getting some good rain. Yes, sir. I'm driving through it right now. Um, I'm a professional landscaper. I just wanted to recommend something to your listeners about trimming sagos and rose bushes. I went to Home Depot and bought a pair of welding gloves. <laughs> uh, they cover most of your arm, and it's a it's a thicker leather. And so the thorns won't penetrate the, the gloves. So you can actually go in there and physically grab them with your hands. No damage done. So you're able to get in there pretty deep into the rose bush and do some fine pruning with them as well. And they're, 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 I think they're only about $30. Uh, you know, I, I'm laughing because that's how I prune mine. <laughs> My roses and stuff. I have a pair of welding gloves, and they are definitely protecting me from the worst of the worst, and they're still surprisingly supple. So Yeah, you can still, you can still get a good uh, grip on some printing shears. Uh, it's not like wearing snow gloves where you can't move your fingers. And, uh, right. I, can, I can trim my Segos and just go down and pick them up like they're, they're leaves and don't have to worry about getting stuck. So just wanted to point that out. Well, and the other advantage, Randy, is I bet you if you had a pair of welding gloves and you were only using it in your garden, they may outlast your garden. Oh, yeah, because it's a thicker, it's a more higher grade leather. So, Yeah, it is good stuff. That's a good suggestion, Randy, and, and uh, that's not a bad price to pay for gloves that will give you that kind of protection. And even for uh, even for elderly people who might be picking up branches that are uh, you know real pointy or some of those gloves they can tend to stick through the the softer gloves. So I um, I was trimming trees and had on the neoprene the coated gloves the glow in the darks with the rubber coating on them and that's exactly what happened i still have the wound on my hand from it poking right through the glove and uh, the minute it did that i came back in the house and got the leather gloves 
not a problem after that. Yes, sir. So uh, give it a give it a shot for for those people who like to work out in the garden, especially you know a lot of the older ladies like to work in the rose garden. So perfect for them. That, that's true. That's true, Randy. Good idea. Thank you much for the call. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. You know, folks, I, I do want to mention a couple of things. Uh, we're going to have cold temperatures for three days. Cold as in too cold for tomatoes. If you've already put your tomatoes in the ground, you are going to want them to be covered. Now, understand, we're not going to freeze. You just want to cover them to keep them as warm as possible and uh, not stunt their growth. Tomatoes are tropicals. If you expose them to a cold enough temperature, it will hamper their fruiting. You'll stunt the growth of the plant and the fruiting of the plant. These three days coming up, I think it's uh, early Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, we will be cold enough to be in that temperature range to hurt the tomatoes. So you may have to run out there and get them covered up. Right now, I'm sitting in a great rain situation where I'm at, and I'm hoping to get a good deep soaking. And this is a multi-part rainstorm. It's not going to rain just now. We're probably going to see multiple bursts of rain. The weather forecast showed, um, the weather station showed that we are ahead on rain for the year already. A couple of inches. That's kind of ridiculous to say that, considering we were behind almost eight inches on December 31st, and suddenly we're two inches ahead on February 1st. That, that It shouldn't be measured that way. But we are currently ahead for the year, and looks like we're going to get some more. Exactly what we need to build up the lakes to get us... Uh, to get us full reservoirs and all of us are, are, are soaking this soil in, are soaking this water into the soil. We may finally get not completely out of the drought, but to where it's just what they call abnormally dry. It would be wonderful, uh, wonderful to be able to say no drought in central Texas. We got a ways to go yet, a lot of ways to go before we will get to that zero mark. But this stuff is looking good. This has uh, been great weather. I have a, an escarpment black cherry. It looks terrible because I lost so many branches and they broken and froze and yada, yada, yada. But we keep it growing because it will put on new branches. And right now, it's trying to bloom. 
not bloom, is putting on new blossoms now, uh, new green. It looks great. It looks great. And I have checked some of my other trees. They're not popping up yet. Really waiting to see transplanted a fig. This rain will be wonderful to get it to really set itself. Hoping to see it get some green bloom on it soon also. But I got trees that are putting on new growth right now. And uh, looking forward to that. This weather has just been, this is Goldilocks weather if you're a gardener. Not too high, not too cold, and a decent amount of rain. This is this is stuff we want to see, and uh, we really can't see enough of it. We've been lucky so far. Can't guarantee it's going to be this way for the rest of the year. We're getting a good start. I sure hope it's not a sucker punch for a brutal summer. Guess we'll have to cross our fingers. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Um, I will talk to you all again tomorrow at 8 a.m. And hopefully we have the a.m. station back in business by then. I'll see you then, folks. Have a good day.